0: Four years ago, I reviewed *Kiss This Hot in the Shade, and if you remember that video, or if you've not seen that video, um, you need to check it out. But a little spoiler alert, uh, it didn't fare too well, um, in my opinion. And then, a couple years later, I re-reviewed Hot in the Shade with Rick from It's All for You Demon as a part of my um, The Panel Has Spoken series. And... The album fared a little bit better, but there's one thing that's always bothered me about Hot in the Shade, and it's one of the things I wanted to address in this new series. This is episode two of this new series of Let's Fix the Kiss albums. I'm starting with the ones that I didn't really care for um, or reviewed really bad in my original review. So um, I've already done Crazy Nights, which was at the bottom of my list. And so if you hadn't seen that video, you can go back and you can check that out. And today we're gonna be doing Hot in the Shade. I'm gonna have my buddy Rob from Right Between the Eyes. We're gonna co-produce this thing. We're gonna hash it out and we're gonna see what we can do to improve Hot in the Shade from KISS. So let's get into it. So I've got Rob from Right Between the Eyes here, my co-producer. So Rob, how are you doing, guys?
1: Uh, I'm doing well. The limo brought me in safe and sound tonight. I was having caviar on the... Pl- no, I'm not that kind of producer. I'm, do- I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on again, man.
0: Yeah, so just right up front, go ahead and give out your social media. I want people to know about you. So Go ahead and give it out and tell people who might not have seen Right Between the Eyes yet a little bit what you guys are about.
1: Uh, we are three generations of Kiss fans. We have a father and son, and then me being the knucklehead in the middle in the eighties, which fits very well into this particular episode. Uh, but you can find us on Twitter at RBTE Podcast. We're on Facebook at slash right between the eyes podcast. We're on Instagram, and we're also on YouTube as well. You can look up right between the eyes. So we're kind of using YouTube a little differently as more of like preview clips, like, hey, here's what you can see for the audio episode and sometimes we'll do a full video episode but right now our youtube is kind of like a peek behind the curtain if you will and i've got a i've got a doozy coming up for our creatures of the night review so don't miss that one
0: i'm looking forward to that and i just recently the other day got the chance to watch yours and xander's uh showing your albums yeah, oh, yeah. And and that was so fun. That was a good visual medium and I don't know if you've got a chance to catch it yet, but last, my video last week was me and Xander sitting down. Xander from Kiss Army things if you don't yeah, check them out. Uh we sat down and we uh looked we pulled out some of our Kiss collection. That's uh, cool. And, and and I've got I've got a little sneak peek coming for my a little a little tasty nugget coming from my channel before we get into Hot in the Shade. Me and my wife we drove an hour and a half and i met with a kiss fan who was getting rid of some of his stuff
1: oh that 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 pains me as a kiss fan but it's also exciting when somebody goes i'm willing to part with some stuff
0: i got some good stuff and there'll be a video coming about it in 2 weeks in 2 fridays from the friday of this video this video released on a friday we're recording this video right now on a monday uh the week of um but in 2 fridays there'll be a video dropping of my most recent pickups, I'm going to try to get back into doing those videos, box openings and pickups as I get things. Uh, I've got two things sitting over here that I need to open. And I might throw a pickup video in here and there or something like that, that just be a little extra bonus episode sometime through the week. But look for videos from me on Fridays going in this new year. I did mean to mention that, that um, that I'll be doing really some videos on Fridays now. All right, so we're going to get into Hot in the Shade, and we'll tell a little bit about it, maybe show some things on the screen here. So this is Kiss Hot in the Shade. It was recorded at the Fortress in Hollywood, California during July and August 1989, released in October 1989, produced by Gene and Paul. But today it's produced by Brant and Rob, the two drummer, drummer knuckleheads. Um, You can hear a lot of the Bruce Fairborn influences uh, from the previous album, I think, in this. Uh, Mm. There's a lot less keyboards than in Hot in the Shade, and this was recorded on a budget. A lot of tracks are demos that were already recorded, and they just polished them up, and some of them, they even utilized uh, program drums to help with the budget, too. Um, So jumping right into it. Uh, First off, I want to talk with my um, co-producer here, um so are you what do you think about does this album sound just i want your opinion Mm -hmm. does this album sound to you when you listen to this album you've had a lot more exposure to this album Mm -hmm. uh, than i have because i want you to talk about your past with it first because that's important so talk about your past with hits um how long has it been with you as far as when did you discover it you know how old you were how many years it's been with you and um and and then answer me the question does this album sound low budget or 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 does this album sound low budget to you
1: i'm doing some trying to do some quick math on my phone (laughs) you're that old (laughs) i'm that old okay 34 34 years this i i was thinking it's a 35 no it's 34 uh, this album has been with me 34 years. December mm-hmm. of 1989 is when I, I got this. It was probably like the fifth, the sixth, somewhere uh, around there. So, your question was the, the, the sound first before I go into uh, history. It's I never really noticed it until the box set came out when they put Forever, Silver Spoon, Hide Your Heart, I think maybe was on there. And all of a sudden I remember feeling just like the, the acoustic guitar and especially in silver spoon, you can kind of feel the punch in it. And then I was like, man, that sounds a lot heavier. So then I went back to listen to, you know, the original CD and the cassette uh, when I still had it. And I was like, it's really thin. Um, The, the vinyls thin, that's just being, we won't get in the whole vinyl thing, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't sound as full as it possibly can. So i think my overall ear my overall ear is telling me this needs some serious eq so the best versions of three songs right now are forever hide your heart and silver spoon got an actual remastering done to them and i'm not sure if the 30th anniversary vinyl and the 2014s were remastered i think they were but i I, i'm not entirely sure
0: okay all right so history thoughts overall just overscoping before we dive into before we start picking it apart
1: so if you've listened to our show we do a segment on the, our first few episodes were our first kiss moments what was the first your first kiss what was your first time getting introduced to the band so my first introduction was hot in the shade as being i was aware of kiss before growing up but when i I was recording Headbangers Ball back in the day. Um, We had a little Christmas uh, village type thing going on in our community. It was right around the 1st of December-ish, whatever that was back in 89. So my buddy would come into town. He lived on the outside of town. And then when he would come over, he knew I was taping Headbangers Ball. So it was cold and freezing. We came, decided to come to the house to have some hot chocolate and watch MTV. So I put the tape in. And the third video that night was hide your heart is what came on. So traditionally when I saw kiss back when I thought they were, they were evil and the devil and, you know, all, all of that stuff. So my hand was on the remote control. My buddy was like, dude, this is, this is kiss. And I was like, all right, the video started. And all of a sudden I was like, Whoa, this is really kind of cool. And I, we got sucked in, uh, a short little story my sister had broken her leg and she had crutches at the house and we were using the crutches as guitars dancing around dance around so <laughs> i was a freshman in high school uh when this came out so the album had been out for a while and it was a saturday night so back in the 80s folks stores weren't open on sundays a lot of them so we went to school on monday And we drove like crazy to get to the record store to pick up hot in the shade. So it was my first kiss album. And from the end of December through January, the only two albums I had, I had this and smashes and thrashes and hits, and they were just on a loop constantly. And I would, of course get more. So this is very near and dear to me as it's my Mm -hmm. first kiss album. And I know all these songs frontwards and backwards. It is very high on my kiss list. And that's just one of those things I say, you know, you never forget your first kiss. So the problems that I may have with it, if you listen to our show, when we do the nine, we whittle the any album down to nine songs, it was torture taking songs (laughs) off of this album. So I have other things to say about, you know, the song length or the, the number of tracks and yada, yada, whatever. But my overall feeling is I love this album. It's a favorite of mine. It's in my probably top five-ish or so. But yeah, so that's that's my overall. It's been with me 34 years. And if I see Hot in the Shade, anything, anywhere, I'm like, Rick, I'm buying it.
0: So yeah, so since I know that I don't have a copy of this, Rob, I want you to show yours. In case people don't know what Hot in the Shade looks like. I've, and if if you're not a Kiss fan, or if you just happen to be stumbling across this video in an alternate universe, (laughs) um, yeah, it's the blue vinyl version. Like I said, I'm gonna be looking for that and try to find it. I don't own this, my little short story because you most you guys know it, but if you've not seen my channel before or seen a video in the past before, uh, I never even really heard Hot in the Shade, I'd heard forever off of it i had saw rise to it of course the video with gene and paul teasing us putting the makeup back on very badly uh and, <laughs> right. and and i'd heard forever um but i really had not heard any other song off of it and um the first time i heard this album all the way through was a friend had gotten tickets and had an extra ticket to the hot in the shade show uh in charlotte and i just decided to go cause it was kiss. I wasn't really, I'd kind of dropped off with kiss around after asylum. I wasn't there for, uh, crazy nights. Although I heard the songs that was released and saw the videos, mm. I just never bought the album. I have a copy of crazy nights behind me. That's an original press that is still sealed. Oh, um, wow. um, And but I've never bought this album. Uh, and I don't own it yet. Uh, and physically I own it, you know, digitally. Yeah. And, um, first time I ever heard the album all the way through was on my way to see them in concert. They played it on the cassette or CD or whatever was in the car. It was 1989. So it might've been a CD, CD drive. Believe it or not, CD players for cars were still expensive then they were like 500 bucks. So it was probably a cassette. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and I remember at the show what songs I heard, I liked and, and I kind of went away from it and never really looked at it again until I went to review it. And then when I reviewed it, I wasn't really a fan. Um And I reviewed it again, like I said, and it kind of grew on me. And so I am wanting to, this is going to be very interesting for us to co-produce this thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And let's see how I feel about it now. And what I want to do is I want to come away with a version that if I, if I bought it, I'd be like, man, I've got a good version of this album. That's, that's what I want to, that's what I want to end up with. It's 10 tracks long. Um So, Let's go Let's go ahead and get started with track number one on the album, Rise To It. Um, Rise To It, um, I would not change. I've got my notes, my script. Uh, I would not change a thing about this song, uh, not much, as far as the song itself. I think it's a great opener. It's right for it to be the leading track on the album. The sound and the context of the song itself fully fits the time of the Sunset Strip. Uh, The recording sounds great. The mixing is great. It sounds a little thin. You said earlier, thin. Mm -hmm. It sounds a little thin, sonically. Um, The leading background vocals sound great. Paul sounds great. Paul still had that beautiful voice. Mm -hmm. Um, Guitars and drums sound great. The drums sound a little machined. Like I know that Eric did actually play on this album, but the drums sound very much... Uh, programmed, and I don't know what's programmed and what's not, but the drums just have a sound that almost sounds like it was produced, not actually played. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, but the guitars sound good. I do think personally the guitars sound good a lot. Um, and this is a Paul Stanley. I did mention co writers. This is a Paul Stanley and Bob Halligan Jr. co write. Bob Halligan will return later on another song. Um, but rise to it. Uh, I actually enjoy this song and um. The only thing I would really change about it is I would uh, beef it up a little bit, a little bit more lows. There's not, the lows are lacking. um, I feel like, and just the kick of a a bass drum and when Eric hits the toms, everything just kind of seems to marginalize together when it comes a lot of that, to a lot of that sound. Uh, But the mix wise, I think mix sounds good. You can hear everything. It's just everything doesn't have a good, a good sound always. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I wouldn't change anything about this song. I think it's a great song. It's a great out- opener. And um, we'll talk about what we're going to include. Do you want to talk about what we're going to include on what we would want to reclude on the album and vote on it as we go? Or do you want to do that at the end?
1: Uh, either or let, I'm I'm a horrible producer. You're in the first seat, so I'm gonna I'm gonna default to you. I I could go either way. Okay,
0: well let's look at it this way. Let's say we're looking at the demos and the de- let's looking at this and Gene has Gene and Paul has given this to us and say, okay, we got 15 songs here. Which songs are you gonna put on the album? Let, and let's do that. So so, so I, rise as they to
1: come, it. we'll 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 jettison the ones that we need to. Okay,
0: as they come. So I would okay. say rise to it. I would agree to have this on the album that yeah. I'm producing.
1: Yep, I agree um i i love this song uh we always pick uh, the three of us at the end of every show we do an album we each pick a song now all three of us could pick the exact same song and then we have a playlist on spotify Rbte playlist um and you can see all the all of our favorite songs nick and nico picked rise to it and i didn't want to I wanted another song representation from hot in the shade. So I picked forever, but Mm -hmm. I absolutely love this song. I have a a guitar power mix, they call it. And the guitars are brought up in the mix just a little bit. Um, But yeah, I, I think I'm going to sound like a broken record and maybe you are too, for all these, there's really no bottom end Uh -uh. on this whole entire album. And I know live drums were used sparingly on it. Um, Eric Carr does not play on all of the tracks I think uh-huh. Kevin Valentine plays on love me to hate you um, uh-huh. but in some cases it was a the Simmons pads that Eric had those were the actual drums used. so when you're saying it's machine and robotic and everything seems like it's right here it's because it's an electronic kit for uh-huh. a good chunk of this album that was used so uh-huh. I think that is also part of it I would have been like no let's bring Eric's real drums in here and let's do it. But I don't know if that was a cost savings thing in this small studio they were at where it's like, Nope, here's the five piece kit. This is what we're doing. And they went with it. So, yeah. Yeah. But I I love the track. It's, it's gotta be on. So, um, but again, yeah, it's, it needs, it needs a low end and the EQ needs are the, the higher range needs to be brought out. Mm-hmm. Flushed out a little bit. More. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty much. We can go ahead and say up front because that's a overall scoping sound of the album from the beginning to the end. No bottom. There's a big middle. Everything's kind of flat. The drums sound like they. Uh, the drums sound like a recording of drums. There's no real yeah. depth and perception to them. There's no snap of the snare. There's no of the toms.
1: There's no yeah.
0: of the bass. Um, and even the symbols, the symbols almost sound like, and they're gone. You know, they sound like, a, yeah. and, and I have an electronic kit, so I'm not, but you know, I've got an electronic kit from, and they're fine yeah. when yeah. the, when
1: they're EQ'd well. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're not, I I feel like it's, I feel like it's Gene that, <laughs> that EQ'd it and was like, that's fine. And this right. was probably driving Eric nuts. And I've got right. a one Of the first magazines they bought was the, after the release of this when I bought the album. And there, I think there's a picture in here of Eric behind the electronic kit. So, okay, if go I ahead, find and see it, if you I'll can find that. Okay, if I find, I'll pull it up.
0: All right, so we're gonna uh, let's see. So, we we both agreed, so but Rise to It is going to be on the album. So, while Rob is looking for that, uh, we're going to move on to track number two. Betrayed. So Rob, um, what's your opinion? I'll let you I'll let you lead off on Betrayed. Tell me what you think.
1: I probably get booed for this. I love this song. This is one of my favorite Gene tracks. Um, having just done uh the creatures demo, Gene is notorious for going, I like that title, I like those words, I'm gonna take that thing. So there's part of me that went Gene was like, hmm, Paul had this song called Betrayed. I like it. The title and he used it um i just i I love the way gene sings it but gene is lost in the mix of this song Mm -hmm. um again he's got a he's got a really good bass lick in this but you can't hear it Mm -hmm. um the one of the better versions and it's a poor quality you can find like there are only two live performances of this song and um it the bass and drums sound so fat live, and I'm like, why could you not do that on the album? And they only played it twice. That was just mm-hmm. that killed me. But yeah, I do like this. So I don't know where you're gonna fall on this, but Betrayed gets <laughs> gets my vote to to wind up on the uh, on the album. Uh, what are your thoughts on Betrayed?
0: Um, I've got on here that uh, it's a great song by Gene. It's a good follow up to Rise to It. It's very much in the same vein as far as the sound direction and the subject direction that Rise To It has. Great sounding song. Again, it's got a good mix. The mix is good. I don't have a problem with the mix on almost all these songs. If I do, I'll say so. But it's that same problem. There's no bottom end. There's no depth. Uh, this this song could have been a lot more chunkier and and, and a little more fat-bottomed. Uh, and it's and this would have been a perfect song, but that driving those driving drums. Oh yeah, it, and
1: it's got and a great breakdown. Uh, yeah, in the middle of it that kind of gets yep. lost. Yeah. No, I was um, wrong. I I found the picture that I was that I was thinking of, and he's behind he's behind a real kit.
0: Oh, behind a real kit. He's behind behind
1: oh, okay. a real kit. So never mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but you we know he had the the electronic drums. Those were those were yeah. the, you know he had those on his kit. Um, but I've got again. This is a great song. Uh. I like it. Um, Tommy Thayer was co- was a co writer on it. Yes, and and I just like I like the one two punch between "Rise to It" and "Betrayed," mm-hmm. and I like that it's a Paul and a Gene kind of right up front. It's not, it's not Paul 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 Gene, uh, or or Paul Paul Gene. It's like kind of like, like crazy nights. nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think Gene was for the most part mm-hmm. um, putting forth the effort on this album. And uh, so I like betrayed too. I would keep it, I would keep it on the album. So, um, so that's two, two out of 10 so far. And uh, what we'll do is we'll have to, uh, if we don't come up with 10, we agree on we'll have to, I'll have to make an executive decision. And your uh, your
1: show, you've got it. You got to make the call. And
0: and if we come (laughs) up with more than 10, then I'll have to make an executive decision either way, either way I make an executive decision Uh, and all, all sales are final folks. (laughs) Uh, track number three, Hide Your Heart. So we're back to Paul on this one. And in my opinion, I've got the great songs, the great songs keep coming. Uh, the sound in the mix is the same as before. Uh, other than what I didn't like about the previous mixes, it's really good. Everything is there and can be clearly heard with a right amount of edge. Um, the song, the song alone is a great song. Like, this is a such a good song. It would be. It's one of those songs you've ever heard. Of. The song itself is so good that it's hard to mess the song up. Right. And, you know, it could be crappy production, and you'd still enjoy it because it's got a very hummable melody. Hum, hummable melody. It's got a nice story. Um. It's got that feels a little bit but like a Tommy and Gina. <laughs> uh and Tito was king of the streets. You know, it's yeah. I like when Paul does those little things like that. Um this is
1: definitely his Paul Bon Jovi. Era. Paul Bon Jovi,
0: yeah. Uh <laughs> but this song was late 1989 and, and sound like Bon Jovi could lead to higher sales if, if it was done right. Um yeah. This was written by um uh Paul with Mr. Diamond Fingers uh Desmond Child <laughs> and Miss Diamond Fingers Holly Knight. Uh so I mean that's three powerhouse. songwriters i mean you know and uh i think it's a great song to me it's it's three tracks on the album so far i will say this and don't boo me i like ace's version better
1: (laughs) you know i there's there's an alternate universe where ace doesn't sing his version but paul does but using ace's recorded music i think Ooh. that could be a, a kick-ass oh. version of the song you take wow. out ace's vocals you still have ace and his band play on it but you have paul sing over top of it that might be a really great that
0: version. might be the best version <laughs>
1: and i i think when we talked about it on our show it was like a tug of war you ask me tomorrow i'll say oh kiss is the best version today i'll go ace is the best version i like them both and i my buddy had picked this up shortly after we bought this uh, album. So this was technically my second Kiss album. I didn't call it that because, you know, I was ace. But yeah, so that was kind of crazy to to know they both came out in 89. And then to find out that there were five versions in that year that came out, crazy. Uh
0: Uh Yep, yep. So what's your thoughts on Hide Your Heart?
1: I mean, like I said at at the opening, this was what really pulled me in to being a Kiss fan. I think it's, it's one of those... Picture perfect kiss songs. The song is like the video is exactly what the song is about, and a lot of times in the '80s, the lyrics had nothing to do with the video or vice versa. It told a great story. This could have been done with kiss out with kiss not even been in the video at all, and it still would have played out very cool. Um, it sounds great. This was something that went far back as uh, crazy nights that Paul was trying to get it on there, and Ron Evanson was like, "Yeah, maybe not." Paul plays it on his solo tour in 89 before this comes out. So this was a song. It was very rare for Paul to record a song. Normally, if he writes something, he doesn't make an album. He's not like Gene. He tosses it and he's done with it. The fact that he was laboring over this, as long as it has, you can tell that this was something really special. And uh, I, I like everything about it. And hearing a couple of the remasters that came out when this was on like the box set or just different like Kiss 40 when it was on there. I was like, that's how that song should sound. So yeah, there's not much I would change again, the low end and and things like that. But yeah, yeah. just it's pretty much it's our overall
0: great... scoping complaint or, or yeah. overall scoping fix. Yeah, we definitely we, me and you definitely would have mixed and mi- mixed and EQ, maybe not so much mixed, but definitely EQ'd the individual. Uh, instruments and the overall mix mastering mm-hmm. mix would have been done a lot different to widen it out rather than just be this. It sounds this song, this album sounds like you're playing it on a cassette player. It does. Is what, is what it sounds like. Yeah. Sounds uh, like it's being played on a boom box on one of those Magnavox boom boxes that everybody had. That's in every movie. And it sounds like you're playing it on one of those that had the subwoofers that were like this big that in the little tweeters in the middle, that's exactly what it sounds like. sounds like it's being played on a cassette player.
1: I want to read you this quote from this uh, magazine that I got that came out when the album came out. This is a quick little quote from Paul. There was really no pre-production on this album. We kind of went right in, recorded it and we were done. We wanted to be more casual. We were in the recording studio and it really wasn't a bona fide recording studio. It was the kind of place where the phone would ring. You would stop recording and you would answer it. There was no receptionist. It was just a garage with a 24 track machine. And the only reason it wasn't a garage is because the car wasn't big enough to get into it. So it was a very small. Yeah. So I think that explains the overall feel. They just wanted to get in, record it and be done.
0: Yeah. And do very
1: bare bones. And sadly, it it shows.
0: And honestly, and like I said, I know we're having a little segment and a segue conversation right here in the middle, which is what I love about these things. I think that that's maybe, could you think, do you think that possibly, one thing I can say about the album is the sound is consistent from front to back. Mm -hmm. You don't have one song that sounds really good and a a song that's like, whoa, you could tell they definitely cut corners on this song because this song sounds like dog crap compared to this song. Mm
1: -hmm. Even just,
0: but... But the sound is pretty much the same overall all the way through. The mix is the same. It's like they sat down and recorded the so- songs one after the other after the other without changing a knob on <laughs> the board. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I wonder if because they did it and they did it in such a hurry, because these are basically demos and, and Paul, especially Paul, have you, if you've ever heard Paul's Love Gun demo, go listen to it. It sounds like, Love Gun on the album without the solo. Mm -hmm. And Paul was so good at making demos that could have really went on the album. And Gene was too. A lot of Gene's 1978 solo album were demos that he beefed up. So Kiss was not strangers to taking a demo and beefing it up rather than tossing it all out and starting all over from scratch. If they had good bones, then they felt like, well, Hey, let's just, let's just, not re-record everything. Let's maybe add some things and tweak some things. And so I think that's really largely what they did with this album. The reason why I think they gave us 15 tracks was for two reasons. One, it was the CD era. Yep. You put more tracks on CDs. Yep. And they squeezed them onto this album. As if you look, it squeezed onto the album. The album needed to be a lot more thicker than it was.
1: Yeah, this um, needed to be a double LP. <laughs>
0: yeah. It could have been yeah, and that's another cost saving measure. Uh but I think they they're like, "Look, we got 15 songs. Are we really going to move forward with any of these songs with the direction we feel like we're going to go?" No. Okay, let's go ahead and slap 15 songs. The fit we got 15 songs. Let's slap them on this puppet this sucker and let's put it out. You know, I, that is to me is I think the vein of the mind that they were in.
1: That and they were in. It, and it wasn't just kiss putting out 15 songs everybody at the yeah. dawn of cd's yeah. was told you can get 70 minutes of music mm-hmm. and real people start realizing you can get 80 minutes of music mm-hmm. on it so people recording 13 14 15 some would get 16 mm-hmm. tracks on an album mm-hmm. so
0: yeah, yeah just, if, the so- if the songs were short enough they could get like 20 21 tracks on an album. i saw right. some i saw some cd's from the 80s that had like 20 tracks on it mm-hmm. I think a disciple CD that I have that came out in the eighties has like 20, 21 tracks on it. It's crazy. Right. It's yeah. crazy. The, the, their first album by God, which is an amazing album. <laughs> if you've never, <laughs> if you've never heard it, if you've never heard it, you or anybody listening to this, it, I know they're a Christian band, but by God, by disciple is freaking, It's amazing. Amazing early, late eighties, early nineties album. Um, all right, so now let's get back let's let's uh, let's put our producer's hat backs on break breaks over uh break the the breaks, the phone rang and now we answered the phone we gotta put it down we gotta put, put it back get the, now we're back um so that takes us to the next track the next potential track for the album prisoner of love so you get to go first on this one
1: so this was one I kind of panned i I catch like I said I love all these tracks. And I catch myself going, I think I want to skip this track. And then I get into the body of the song and Bruce is really starting to play some really, re- I mean, he's already playing some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. But Bruce has got some gnarly little leads on here. And there's a nice bell ride pattern that Eric throws in here that usually mm-hmm. keeps my finger off of the skip button. But having said that, my finger is wanting to move the skip button. So maybe I'm playing my hand here a little early. I think if I'm going to pull one off early, this might be one. I think the song's cool, but I think Gene gets a little repetitious in, in a few spots that kind of make me go, yeah, I don't know. So uh, that's my, I like it, but it, it could be on my chopping block. Where are you at with it?
0: Uh. I've got on here uh, Gene's second offering on the album. Sounds a, it feels a lot like Betrayed. Sound recording and the mix stays consistent to the rest of the song so far. Great performances by Gene vocally. The rest of the band, Bruce Killick wrote this. I've got here that Bruce Killick has some some nasty, tasty licks on it. Mm-hmm. Eric's got some good drumming on it. But I feel like the song itself is a little weak. So this would be one that I would, if you said you don't want to put it on the album, I'm going to agree with you and and not include this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was just one to pull out the lyrics and I love the, whoa, yes, I know I'm a prisoner. I mean, I love that lick, but do I love it enough to want to keep it on knowing in my opinion, there's some bangers that come up. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I, I think I've got to leave this one off. Yeah. Um, you even
0: catch some old demon when he goes I can't break these chains. I mean you catch yeah. a little bit of the old demon the way he sings and I love when Gene can do that. He's very versatile. I've said before, I think Gene is more versatile with his voice than Paul is. Yes. Paul Gene has, has
1: like three voices that he has used in to varying degrees and done yeah. very well.
0: He has that sweet voice from like Great Expectations and and Man of a Thousand Faces and See You Tonight and and, uh, what is that song off the, um, God, what's the song off the little lady, can't you see, uh, going blind. I mean, you know, blind. He's, yes, yeah. and then he's got his demon voice and then he's got that voice that his kind of, it's his normal gene voice. You know, it's
1: his fits like a glove voice, his Fits his... like a
0: glove voice, you know, and then yeah. he's got the voice that's almost like a growl, you know, the demon voice. So, yeah, but I feel like the performances and everything were there. There's nothing wrong with anything like that. It's not, talking to, take, not taking away from the effort that Bruce put in on it and Eric put in on it and Gene put in on it. I just think the, the bones of the song are not up to par with what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I kind of gauged it. Anytime I had a song that I'd, these first three songs I've decided to put on the album are holding right here if I have one that falls here, it's like, "Mm, no, I think there's going to be ones that's going to be here or maybe even better than what we've seen so far. So if I've got to cut five, I've got to cut. I can't cut. I can't wait too long to start cutting. Yeah. And I don't feel bad about this. This is not one that I agonize over. So I don't feel bad about this one. No. All right. So that's the first one that's cut. So Prisoner of Love would have to go on a box set at some point in time. (laughs) All right. So the next one read my body. Are the letters big enough? (laughs) I don't, I, well, the older I get, I actually find myself looking over my glasses like an old person and doing like this, like this right here. So my wife's like, honey, honey, you got to get you some bifocals. I'm like, ah,
1: that's what these puppies are.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I actually have a prescription for them. So I got to just got to get it filled. Um, I know a lot of people are going to give me some flack over
1: this. Oh, good, good. But I freaking love this song. <laughs> yes, it's it's already on the. Album. I love this song. Do you like? Do you want? And now, how good it can get, and how far you can. Hey, you know, hey.
0: I, bam, 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 bam. I, I love man. that. And then that baby, you uh, just waste that 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 whole that whole pre-chorus, and then that whole read my body, the gang vocals. That's
1: so and good, then, oh, and that I, is big enough. Do you like the book uh, of book my of love? My I love. Mean, <laughs> and I
0: know s- get, they are, s- get turn the page, get to the good
1: stuff. See, I love right. it. It's it's that's what it's people are visual. saying right now. Yeah, turn the page,
0: <laughs> get to the good stuff. Uh, I've got. Um, I love the groove. I love the riff, and even though I know these drums are programmed, um, yes. I like the little little cowbells, and I love them. I love how Paul sings it. I love the gang background vocals. I love the verses. I love the pre-chorus. I love the chorus. And this is Hollywood, California type of song. And even though they pull a few pages out of the Death Leopard hit song recipe book, mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> I don't okay. care. I don't care. Uh, this is another one that Bob Halligan Jr. co-wrote that wrote Rise to It. Um, this song this song's on my album. That Yeah. My album would not be as good without this song. It's a fun song. Just get over the fact that it sounds like, heck, a lot of the bands, if you go back and listen, a lot of bands in the 80s and 90s, late 90s, early 90s sound a lot like each other. Just they were trying the to
1: write that that party song, the tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. song that yep. you're going to play in the car and just scream at the top of your lungs.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. if they're emulating pour some sugar on me, which is the, the vibe that I get, I yep. like pour some sugar on me. But honestly, I'd rather listen to read my body than pour some sugar on me. So yeah. um, so I like it. So what? It, what? It, I know that you're agreeing with me, and I'm smiling about that. So what do you like about it?
1: I I love the the cadence feel again. We know it's the program drums, it's the drum mm-hmm. machine. I know Eric was really wanting to play a lot on this album, which I think that's a topic for another day. That's where he and Paul start to their paths start to crisscross there. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of fun groove. The opening cowbell thing. To me, this is the sister song to all hell's breaking loose. This yeah. is taking kind of that next poppier. Step, which I know some people don't like with Kiss, but I like that there's different flavors and varying degrees to the album. Kiss was never really one to do an ACDC album where every single mm-hmm. song is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So I I like I, I. this is one I really actually like the production on mm-hmm. where there's enough different voices in this where you can actually hear the different things mm-hmm. going on. So this is one where I was like, not too bad. Again, beef up the bass and all that stuff. But sonically, overall, I would love to hear a remaster of this. But mm, yes. just listening to it in its dry state, this is probably one of the better sounding songs on the album mm-hmm. just because there's a lot of different voices and instrumentations played in with it. So yeah. I, yeah. I like this one. And a fun fact when Kiss started the End of the Road tour, when they're at the Staples Center, I don't think they did this for a while, but you can go back and Kiss's website or YouTube page. And they had these big vinyl circles with flames, like for the end of the road. And they were kiss lyrics that you could follow backstage when you go do your VIP meet and greet, Mm -hmm. read my body got one of those big vinyl things and it says, are the letters big enough? Mm -hmm. So I've got a picture of that, that I want to try and blow up and, you know, do something with, but I thought that that was really kind of funny to go read. My body got printed for an end of the road thing. How how crazy is that? Right. So, yeah. I, right. I
0: that now if they'd only play it.
1: <laughs> could you uh, could you imagine, imagine could you imagine the jaws that would drop to the floor? do know what I'm
0: talking about. I just loved I like you know we just talked about Paul not being very versatile with his voice. He is. Uh, he, he is. is. He just just doesn't do it a lot, but he is, he can sing that low, low stuff and do stuff like that. He 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 can. He just a lot time.
1: And dare I say, I don't know if he would have a hard time doing this one. Especially singer backing him up. But anyway, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, cool. We we're putting read my body on there. All right. That is awesome. So we are now up to one, two, three, four tracks on the album. Four tracks. So we gotta we gotta pick our our last track for number five. Uh, well, we talked about track listing because I I I want to switch some things, but we'll talk about that okay. later. Um, the next track up for contention: "Loves a Slap in the Face." Um, so this is you starting this one.
1: Now, this one I could think I could be on the kind of the same vein of "Prisoner of Love," but I really kind of like this one. I've been up, down, all around. I. I like the way Gene kind of attacks this song. Um, And the whole chorus, the nah, 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 it's infectious. I like it. It's it's a very simplistic song from Gene that it really doesn't do much. But what he does in the song really kind of grabs me. And I don't ever usually stray away from this one. I think about skipping it, which is kind of what I said about Prisoner of Love but I'm more apt to want to keep this one. So I'm kind of curious where, where you're going to be. Um, the there's not, it, it's very bland. So you could make the argument and say, Rob, it's got to go. And I would concede, but I do, I do like this one.
0: Um, My, my notes. This is the first song on the album to me that feels like it's incomplete, very incomplete. Okay. Like, like overall, they did not put much into it. I think it's that plainness that you're talking about. There may have been intentional, yep. may have been intentional. Um, the overall sounds are still there, recording mix, etc. But I think the bones on this one is not very strong. Not much meat on them, and I feel bad about saying that because so far, the two songs that I've said I want, I, I'm leaning towards cutting off the album are "Jeans Out" are "Jeans." I
1: know. Songs. And that's the part of me that's going, you got to keep a gene song. You got to keep a gene song. but
0: because right now, if we didn't, it would be rise to it, betrayed, hide your heart, read my body. So it's two Paul songs, and you would you normally need to stick a gene song in there, But just because we cut a gene song here don't mean we couldn't move right. one from somewhere else. Um, but um, you know, so, I just feel like that to me this song is not, it's I hate to say it, but it's just not caliber of it's not a read my body, it's not a hide your heart, it's not a betrayed, it's not a rise to it. And
1: I, I would agree.
0: So, so um, yeah. I'm, I'm we're gonna have to we're gonna have to cut it. So Gene's gonna have to do better. He needs to come back, he needs to come back with some some betrayed and stuff like that. He needs to do better. All right. So um, we're still looking for what could be track number five, what would be track yep. number five. Um, and uh, so our next one up for contention is Forever. I think Forever is one of the diamonds of this album. Uh, Paul uh, Paul worked with Michael Bolton, Bolton on this. And it's such a great song. Everyone sounds great on this. The previous engineering, recording, mixing, and performances are all there. But this is just uh, this song pushes it to the next level for me you could tell that they knew they had a hit with this one and they mm-hmm. spent a little more time on it uh yeah. the um, the uh the um the adding the acoustic the adding the acoustic and having the acoustic solo from from Bruce uh that classical sounding with classic tones uh solo Um And I just think that, I mean, Forever is one of my favorite Kiss songs. It's kind of like one of my wife's favorite Kiss songs. Uh, So, um, of course, I'm going to, if I heard this, as soon as Paul started with, I gotta tell you what, I'd be like putting it on the album. Putting it on the album. I don't care by the time you get to the solo and it's like,
1: I hate you. I'd be like, (laughs)
0: we're putting it on the album.
1: Yeah. Because, Cause
0: I like Boy, where this is going to go. I like where this is going to go. So we're putting that. It I hate offer. you.
1: Chorus really threw me for a yeah, loop there, yeah, Paul.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah can I tell you what I'm feeling inside. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, um, But uh, yeah. So um, I'd be like, could you go back and rewrite the chorus? <laughs> Maybe about it's for flipping. It, what's flip the opposite
1: of hate? Uh, what, <laughs> yeah, about that. How
0: about, how about, how about staying with somebody forever? That'd require a lot of love. So let's, All let's do that. Right, let's do that. I, do I that. guess. Uh, all right cool and maybe not uh, all right so uh so yeah forever's gonna stay on for me so what about you
1: that, definitely this was my wife and I's wedding song um I, I just I love everything about it um it's 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 an instant classic I, I agree with everything you said I think once they heard it they were instantly like okay this this is gonna do something I mean mm-hmm. it yeah. lasted the longest for uh the hot in the shade album made it through revenge on the kiss my ass tour um and mm-hmm. even got played in the symphony peter chris got a chance to play it so mm-hmm. uh, it's just it, and they even re-recorded it for the uh, sonic boom album when they did that little bonus cd so i mm-hmm. it, it, instant classic i was hearing this in high school in 89 uh, in in art class it was playing on the am fm radio it it was everywhere was a bigger mm-hmm. hit than Beth was, so mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it, it's instantly staying.
0: I, 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 I would love, I would love for this to. Um, I don't know if it's going to make it into the end of the ro- end the, of the road final sets of <laughs> dates, but I would love for this song to be played at least one more time, even if they're just sitting down on some bar stools and Bruce comes out and plays that amazing solo that I is one hundred percent Bruce.
1: Here so. is something for your viewers and listeners to go check out. If you have not seen this, look up the Eric singer project and look up Eric singer project forever. Eric sings this song. And every time I look at you with John Karabi and Bruce Kulik, and they're on bar stools. So I'm saying when people are like, I don't want Eric doing Beth, have him sing this song. He does a really good version of doing this song and I can see it. There on the bar stools, but I don't know if Paul's ego would slide, <laughs> slide out of the way to let Eric sing this song. Right. But I, I think it would work. Go, go right. check it out if you have it.
0: All right. So we've got five. So we're halfway there. And we got a lot of album. We got a lot of songs to, to look through. And, and one little last closing note on Forever. Forever is a song that as producers in 1989, we would have to put this on here because every song had at least one ballad on it. One power ballad. The power yeah. ballad. I finally found the love of a lifetime. This is forever. Is you know, love of a lifetime. Kiss is yep. version. Um, yep. So every 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 band was doing power ballads by by this time. So we would be we had been knuckleheads to not put right. forever on on this album. Okay, so um, the next contender, Silver Spoon. So, what say you about "Silver Spoon"?
1: I love this song. I it it's cool. Um, I love that the gospel choir is yeah, in this. Too. This is where they put a little extra idea into it and brought in a choir. And funny fact about the choir: the choir wanted to know what the lyrics were before they agreed to do it. They were a Southern Baptist a choir that was coming in. That they took them up to Vancouver Maybe Not I Southern Baptist, but it was a, a Baptist a choir uh, that was up around Calvary, wherever they were recording the album at. And the, the uh, pastor actually wanted to hear a, all the lyrics of his songs before he allowed his uh, congregation to sing it. And he was like, Oh, okay. So it's a funny little story that's uh, in the magazine that I've got there. I, I like it. There are some songs on here. There's another one in particular that, that I have a, some things to say about. So this is another one i know it's a lot of paul but i'm like i think we got i think it's got to go i think it's got to be on so what say you um
0: let's see silver spoon <clears throat> this wrote, uh co-written with Vinny Vinny ponchett's first time uh uh vinnie's uh i think this is the first time that Vinny's. uh vinnie has a co-writing um on it uh, no 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 loves a slap in the face slap in the face you're correct yeah, yep yeah slap in the face um Silver spoon, uh same, same great sound, great performances. I like the slide that Bruce puts in it. I like the, the the background singers near the end. Uh it seems to fit. And I think it's just as good. Maybe not slightly as good as the other Paul songs. But here's the deal. Okay. We got a lot of Paul on this album already. So I hear you. So this is one where I think we might need to put a pin in this one and we might okay. have to circle back to it because okay. right now I'm kind of like, we're kind of split on this one. I'm kind okay. of, you want to keep it. I'm leaning towards cutting it because we might have a little too much Paul. We need okay. to save a little room for Gene. Um, so we'll come back to silver spoon. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll get maybe if I think we get a few more down, we'll be able to come. We'll be able to circle back on Silver Spoon and decide if we want to include it or not.
1: Okay. All
0: right. So this is the for for now undecided. Um. So then we go to uh, the next track up for contention, up for consideration is Cadillac Dreams. Um. Now, Gene, he's not making it any. He's not making it any easier on me. Um with, with Cadillac Dreams. Uh this is another song written by Gene and Vinny Poncha. Uh a lot of people hate this song, uh, but at least Gene is honest. Uh he wants money, money, more, more than, than I, need. I need. And it is catchy. It's got the horns. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got that whole and Bruce has a slide guitar solo in it. And and there was, I almost feel like there was effort put forth on this song. And it's catchy as hell, and it's got that that feel to it.
1: Yeah, now dig this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of the but I'm I'm undecided. I'm undecided on it because it's like, okay, I don't want too much Paul on this album. I don't want this to be like 70% Paul or 85% Paul. Gene or or 80% Paul, 15% Gene and 5% Eric Carr. Uh, I don't want it to be that. Um, But at the same time, I don't want to give somebody a song, a a slot on the album. If there are other songs that are better
1: songs. Now, let me say this to you. Is this a, I don't know how you want to say worse. Better. Is this better than, prisoner of love and slap in the face or are either of those two songs better where you could make an argument okay that loves a slap in the face is better than cadillac dreams
0: um if if i if you were to ask me to choose between cadillac dreams prisoner of love and loves and the slap in the face i'd probably take prisoner of love
1: okay but I, I do I was like, just...
0: but I do like Cadillac dreams. So it, it would, it would be a split. It would be a decision between prisoner of love and Cadillac dreams for me.
1: This one on our show, we did nine. So we, we did one less. Everybody was like, this one's got to go. This, mm-hmm. this was out the door from the time of hearing it. But we all said, this is a good Gene Simmons song. This isn't a good, this is not a good kiss song.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's why, uh, here's the thing on my to to do a little cheat sheet for me on to a little cheat for me on my, um, on my script I've got in front of me. If it was a song that I knew that if this was just me producing this album, I would choose it. I I wrote the title in bold. If Mm. it's, if it's, uh, if it's, uh, if this was just Brant making these decisions on this album and I wouldn't choose it, the title is not bolded. And the title, mm, okay. the cat, the title, the Cadillac Dreams, is not bolded.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So, so if I was, and neither was Prisoner of Love, and neither was Love's a Slap in the Face. So there, there is three. So, there's three Gene songs that I would willingly cut okay. um, from this album. And I think I'm going to be okay with that because I think Gene's better songs are coming. Coming, in my yeah. So let's just go ahead and make a decision on it. Cause I don't want to leave us too many open-ended decisions and let's just go, let's just go. Ahead. I want to hear your thoughts on Cadillac dreams. And, and then let's. even though we, we've kind of, I feel like we're leaning towards both agreeing to cut yeah, it, I still want to hear your thoughts on it.
1: I'm going to go back into time two years ago when we recorded episode, I think three of the show. Don't quote me on it. Um This didn't make our list. Um Nick. Nick was like this is this is not a good gene song so I'm gonna let let Nick and Nico make the choice on this one and they were like it's gotta go so um yeah at one of the first mixtapes I got from a friend when, before I bought Hot in the shade uh, this was on it yeah. I don't know why he chose of all the songs on Hot in the shade he was like oh here you go Pick, and I was like really Cadillac dreams so but yeah
0: I kind of maybe agree with those guys I think this is a good gene song but it's not a good kiss song. It'd be great think, for it. It would it would have been great for a Gene Simmons solo album, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause you would have been like, oh, that's that's right on the nose, you right know.
0: Right on the nose, man. You know, that's true. Yep. Yep. All right. So we're not gonna leave we're not gonna put it on the album. So that still just leaves Silver Spoon undecided. Um, so um, and I I have I have whether Silver Spoon's bolded or not. You're just not gonna find out until a little bit. <laughs> All right, so uh King of Hearts is next. Uh,
1: uh, I is think, this me?
0: Yeah, yeah it we'll it it do you. I don't care. We'll do you first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this song, I said it on our show, is the best song on the album. I love this top to bottom. This is criminal that they never played this live. It's got such an infectious groove Paul is a, this is his I think it's his best sung song I mean, I think Forever's great, he's emoting very well, but as far as a rocker that's up-tempo, that's in your face I mean, the song is kind of relentless you know, in a way that it, de- it doesn't back or slow down that intro, the beginning that dun-, 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 dun is brilliant, Bruce sounds like a million bucks on this this mm-hmm. should have been a single on the album And I even think I said it on our episode. I might've had this over hide your heart that I like this song that much. So I'm hoping you want to keep this on. Yeah. I know it's Paul heavy, but I absolutely love this song. King of hearts is a criminally underrated kiss song. Top notch in my book there. Okay.
0: All right. Um, I think that it is. I think it's right there with with Hide Your Heart. I think I think it's right there with Hide Your Heart in the caliber of the song itself. Uh, Vinnie Pontzer returns. uh, Work on this one. To me, this is an epic song Mm. for this album. And slightly in in a way, so much that it slightly almost don't fit with the rest of the material. I mean, it is that much more produced and epic and. It it ex it goes beyond the realm of the other songs.
1: I and mean, these are real drums. You can hear these are real oh yeah. friggin' drums.
0: Oh, yeah. These are real drums. These are this is definitely real drums. Um it's a great song. I love the dynamics of the song. I love the way it starts. I love that <laughs> da, 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 da. And, and then the way it comes in that the way it starts. And they're yeah. just, you know, he's just four on the floor. Um, it tells a story uh you know it's you know they do that little thing it says something bang bang, bang. That's, that yeah. little i mean it's it's got a lot of cool things to it um the storytelling telling part kind of hints of bon jovi again but that that's okay just you know just because you're telling the story in the song don't mean that you're ripping off bon jovi
1: i hear a little fallen angel with the story the, too
0: yeah a little fallen angel um, but I think this song stands on its own. Um, mm-hmm. The sound, the performance, the energy uh, is, is all there. Um, so, yeah, King of Hearts is definitely uh, making it on this album to me. And a little fun, little funny thing is there's a video game I used to play back in the day, and I don't know what video game, what soundtrack it would have been. It would have been a 16-bit system probably during the time or maybe a, maybe an early 32-bit system. But that very beginning, that there's a video game somewhere that has that in it. Cause every time I hear this song, it makes me think about <laughs> that. That um makes me think about that that game. All right, so King of Hearts, we are uh we're we're keeping it. All right, so that makes us right now we're up to one, two, three, four, five, six. We're up to six. So we've got four tracks left to fill. And one, two, three, four, five, five ch- songs we haven't talked about yet, and a sixth one uh, that we need to revisit. Um, so the next track up for consideration is the street giveth and the street taketh away. Um, I think the title could have been cut down. It could have just been the been the street giveth or the street or the street taketh away. It's the longest title, uh, right. Like Gene's getting paid by the word. Um, but this is one of those Gene songs that I'm sitting here going, man, Gene, come on. Prisoner of Love. Man, loves to slap in the face. Kind of, kind of like Gene. Gene, come on. Give me something. And then he gives me the street giveth and the street taketh away. Freaking. Love this song. This song has balls. It's one of the first, that, hey, man, yeah. <laughs> right up front, you know. It's like yeah. this. That, and that, get, that slide, that, uh, nah, 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 nah. Oh, man, I freaking love this song. Um, co-written with Tommy Thayer. Uh, Gene mm-hmm. does it amazing. It's catchy, great riffs. The recording performance mixing, uh, the gang vocals and the crunchy parts of the solo. It's got that solo. It's got some crunchy parts in it. I love this song and I'd love, man, anytime you have gang vocals, a lot of times you're going to just, you're going to melt me because I mm-hmm. I love the gang vocals of the chorus and the way it just breaks into that group. The street giveth. Okay. I love that, man. That's like rock and roll to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, street giveth and street take of the away. I would want to put this on my album.
1: Life's too short, so help yourself because I don't walk on water. I love it. And I don't know if you saw, I went and grabbed my Forever cassette single, and what is the B-side to Forever? It's a street giveth, a street taketh away. I love this song. Since the very first day I heard it, I remember rewinding the cassette tape at least two or three times. I love the opening riff. Mm -hmm. Bruce's solo is just electric on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eric's ride is just I and mean, Eric was not a big ride player or his ride was usually lost right in the mix on a lot you of stuff yep. Yeah he's attacking the bell of this ride I love the song top to bottom front to back and I'll even give Gene the extra scrabble for throwing more words onto a title <laughs> you know
0: Yeah so you think uh studio played drums on this studio played definitely <sighs>
1: I think so. I they, really they do. They
0: do sound a little different. It's like they got more energy. It's like they've got the same energy of King of Hearts. The yeah. snare sounds different. It's just, it sounds different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like this one.
0: And I can tell you this, you know, just from, I've recorded in studios before and stuff and, uh, I, and, and even, and even recorded, uh, you know, performed live. Um, it's not, it doesn't take very long to get a, a, a mic EQ'd for a person. Uh, it doesn't take very long to get everything set up and EQ'd for a bass or for a guitar or whatever. You get a set of drums in a in a live venue or a set of drums in a studio, and you have to have, because trash in, trash out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care how much effects and compression and whatever, whatever you put it through. If you got trash in, you're going to have trash out. And drums, single-handedly, acoustic drums, single-handedly the hardest thing to record and mm-hmm. the hardest thing to mix live to do. to And so I could understand if they're wanting to cut some corners using something, the snare that every time you hit it, it's going to sound the same. Every time you hit a tom or whatever, you're going to have to sound the same. And then you can throw whatever amount of reverb and all that other stuff on Want you want in post. Yeah. Um, so I get it. I understand why they were like, okay, we're only going to be able to record so many, and then they probably picked and choose. I'd be very curious to hear the conversations of how they picked and chose. Um, yeah. I think I said choose how they picked and <laughs> chose uh, on um, and made those choices on what what they do. Or it was just, OK, well, we record the demo of this and we use program drums, but we're going to actually record this. So get in there on the drums. It'd yeah. be interesting. But yes. Yeah, so nevertheless, the street giveth and street taketh away gets added so next track you love me to hate you Mm. so your thoughts
1: this is really rough coming into the back
0: (laughs) that's what she said
1: (laughs) (laughs) why are you the way that you are i try and do something nice and you wreck it i hate so much of the things that you choose to be, Michael Scott.
0: Um, yeah. Every, every it, time, every time, let me just go ahead and say something. I'm just going to, I don't care how it sounds. I really don't. And I'm not going to have to cut this out. But every time I listen to your podcast and you include that clip or any clip from The Office, <laughs> I fall a little more in love with you every time. I just want you to know
1: that. I can't. Office,
0: office people are my people. <laughs> Oh yeah,
1: it, when when you get a chance to hear the creatures episode, Michael Scott is running rampant in this episode. Um, I I could say something that would make the end of this episode go really really fast. I I really like this song. I really really like this song, and this was a skip for the longest time. I couldn't I couldn't make it past the first minute of this not even a minute of song i'm I'm probably lying first 30 seconds i don't i don't know what it was i was just fast forward because i wanted to get to to the next song Mm -hmm. so i don't know whatever happened if i was mowing the yard growing up or whatever it was but there was some point i could not stop the cassette tape and i listened through it and i went i've been missing out on a really good song for a long time i don't know if i'm the only one in this camp i really like this song and i'm gonna fight hell to hold you to try and keep this song on here so much so that the discussion that you want to go back to i'm willing to kick that song off to keep to keep this one so i i really like it again eric's bell pattern which i don't think it's eric i actually think this is kevin valentine matter of fact mm-hmm. i'm almost 99 sure this is kevin valentine uh, drumming on this one. I think this is one of those ones that's the literally the drum the demo and they looked at the end of the day and went no, I think that's perfectly fine. We're just going to keep it the way it is. So mm-hmm. I think this was a straight up demo that found its way onto the album. So I I like this one. I'm curious to see, hear what you have to say about it. And I love the co- I, last thing I'll say, Paul's voice just gets higher and higher and higher throughout the song. So if yeah. you got a problem with Crazy Nights, I think you may have a,
0: <laughs> a problem with this one too. Um, this song for me for the longest time was a skip for two reasons. One, I think it has a very weak start that just. And then it goes. Yeah. And then Paul, that don't even sound like Paul. We talked about the versatility of a voice. You I mean, it's like, it. okay, who is this? You know, is this is this Bruce singing. Who is who's singing? Um, and so this song starts off, uh, kind of weak, uh, and then and then Paul starts, he starts building that. It keeps building and building and building, and then and then. And I'm sitting here going, "Wow, I thought my way was bad." Uh, um, yeah, and but 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 uh, time has seasoned, and mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said in a previous video, that crazy nights even grew on me. Uh, well, Desmond Child returns to write on this one. Um, mm-hmm. um, this sounds like and i know i don't know why i wrote this when i wrote it but you love me to hate you the part of the way it sounds it almost sounds like the street giveth and the street taketh away is half brother to me
1: yeah, somehow
0: um they have a similar sound and feel it's a but i've got it's a great song i like the way paul sings the verse it doesn't sound like paul at first and then i've got believe it or not but man that pre chorus and the chorus are juicy Oh, the this is what rec-
1: sells it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the overall recording and the mixing is the same as the rest of the album. Um, but I think, I think I'm going to keep this one. I think it's going nice. to stay. I think it's going to stay. So I can't really say more about it than you did. So uh, it's just that it did grow on me and man, that pre-chorus, I don't know the, I don't know this album well enough to know the words, but that pre-chorus where he starts going and they're building and they're building that whole melody. Daddy you know, want me to cry. Yeah. And it keeps, and then, and then just get, it just keeps, it's like, you're going up a mountain and then Paul just starts swinging from the rafters. The on. Hell
1: I was dead. Cause yeah. you love me. It. Yeah. It's yeah. It's so cool the way, I mean, he's, he's backing himself, but the way he uh-huh. just kind of lets his voice slide in and out with yeah. the, the higher harmony is just yeah, beautiful. But and, I, I and, agree with you. It takes a while in the song, we're like, let's get there. And mm-hmm. once you're once you get there with the song, I kind of let the beginning of the song go because it's it ends right. so strong,
0: right? It does end strong. Um, and then and then the chorus, like I said, even though he's up there swinging, the difference between love, love, uh, difference between uh, love me to hate you and my way is melody. My way, it's like a sustain. It's like, I'm going to talk like I talk, walk like I walk my way. And he it's like, it's just he, but this is like, at least it's moving around, you know, now when he gets towards the end, when he's like, he's kind of staying up there, you know yeah. he's kind of staying up in that melody up in that rafter yeah it's like okay okay can this be the end of the song we're getting near <laughs> where I, you know but otherwise i can't though even with the weak beginning and the kind of it, the strong end i i like it it's it's better than and, I, and this is why i looked at it love me to hate you better than prisoner of love yep uh better than love is a slap in the face yep uh better than uh silver spoon yep that's uh, yeah, so, <laughs> better than Cadillac dreams. Yep. So it's like you know, like you said, if if we got to concede to cut Silver Spoon to keep you love me to hate you, I'll make that deal with you. Okay. So so Silver Spoon's gone, and even though Silver Spoon's a great song, that's why it was hard yes. for me to. Silver Spoon has so many good parts to it. So yeah. Um, But love me to hate you, I think, even though with the weak start, I think it makes up for it with the middle that it has. All right. So, um, man, how many is that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We got three songs to go.
1: We're at the nine
0: and two tracks. (laughs) We got three songs to go and two tracks. So we're at your nine. So I told you I was going to give you one extra.
1: Good. Uh, I got to keep one song.
0: (laughs) So um, the next track is somewhere between heaven and
1: hell. i love the way this starts out um again i think there's a little bit of that christine 16 detroit rock city where they're using the piano to uh play some chordal progressions especially in the beginning of this that's overdubbing along with gene's bass and it works it works very well in this that, i'd have dun, to dun, be dun, a mind dun, reader dun. baby i mean you could just feel like mm-hmm. this is one of the first songs other than maybe not even um street giveth where there is a groove that groove that we were talking about and betrayed has mm-hmm. finally found its way on track what is this track 13 on the album right. or whatever right. that gene finally found that groove and i love that for this song and it, it works really well bruce i think i save us on a lot of the, a lot of the songs this is another great i would say this is the best solo on the album i mean this is another great solo mm-hmm. by oh yeah by bruce oh yeah um fantastic song i could have heard this one live this would have i think this is there's a couple gems for gene street giveth i think especially this one somewhere between heaven and how i think would have should have probably had some legs somewhere on the tour but um yeah i like this one i'm really curious to hear what you have to say about this one because we got three three songs two spots left so mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. are you somewhere between heaven or are you somewhere between hell with this
0: one? <laughs> i'm kind of in the middle uh so uh, another another Vinny, another vinnie uh poncha right co-write on this one mm-hmm. um i i love that riff at the very beginning that that Bass. I mean, that's the most bass I think we've gotten on this album at this point. Yes, um, A thick, a thickness to it. Um, but I have to say that I'm just, I've never really been a fan of this song. Um, I don't really like the chorus either. I don't really like somewhere between heaven and hell. I mean, I don't really, it doesn't really set well with me. Um, and so I've not ever really been a fan of this song And even though, um, like I said, I love that riff, the rest of it just feels like I don't know. To me, it just, even though it's got its good parts, it feels like it's kind of calculated in a way. Um, And uh, I don't, I don't know. It just something about it just doesn't doesn't set with me, right? So I don't know. Um, But maybe
1: for these last three, we ought to not pick. We ought to right. talk, talk the three out and then come to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's fine with me. So, so we're not going to make a decision on that one yet. Cause right now you are, yes, I am in the middle, but leaning towards, well, I'd lean towards you. I'm in the middle, but <laughs> leaning away. Uh, so let's see, let's go to, we'll, we'll put a pin in that one. Go to little Caesar.
1: You want, you, want me, you want me to go, start on this one or you go ahead go ahead i'm i'm looking at your shirt your shirt is saying just about all that needs to be said <laughs>
0: um little caesar i mean it's not because rest in peace eric um right. and my favorite my second favorite my second favorite kiss drummer um although i love eric singer uh, but, but eric, eric carr i just had more time with him mm-hmm. um but little caesar i love this song I love this song. I always have loved this song. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I liked it the first time I heard it, and I was kind of bummed that they didn't play it. I'm like, man, you give Eric a song, and you don't even let him sing it on tour? What dicks. they got
1: got played one time.
0: Yeah, so um, uh, it's probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, I hate I Have to Wait to Hear It, um, Mm -hmm. almost next to last. Uh, it's written by eric co-written by gene and adam mitchell who co-wrote you know war machine and some other things and um eric sings his heart out on this one the production the recording and the mixings like the rest of the album but man i just love this i love that it's almost like they're getting ready to break in into play that funky music white boy <laughs> a little bit um, uh, but um and i love eric's voice and i love the the chord changes where they he in the middle of the verse, they go up to that and he's like, You can cut it with a knife. I I love the way he mm-hmm. sings this song. And then I love the gang vocals again. Hey little Caesar. You know, and I can even hear, because I know this song was uh originally called Ain't That Peculiar, and Gene right. wanted him to change it. Um, and I can still there'll there'll be times I'm listening to this song and when they're singing. Hey, little Caesar! I can hear in my head, "Ain't that
1: peculiar?" Yeah,
0: I can hear the same. I can hear the same cadence, the same melody. Uh, that's what it would have been. It would have been sang as that way. Um, so, um, but little Caesar to me, man, it, it's Eric should have got a whole lot more singing gigs on albums. Yeah. they wasted a voice in Eric. They wasted a voice with Bruce. Um, not getting us track until Carnival of Souls for Christ's sake um so um you know i just i think it's a shame that you know bruce could have had a track on this album you know it's like oh yeah yeah it could have you know they could have bruce bruce had a great voice and it was his voice as memorable as jeans or Paul's. well maybe not but still he could sing he had a lead vocal voice so yeah he could
1: have been the ringo of the band ringo didn't have the greatest voice but when ringo sang the song that was tailored for him it worked
0: yeah exactly
1: so, but yes, yeah,
0: so um, I'm leaning towards putting Little Caesar on the album, but we'll make the decision once we hear, all once we talk about all three, I want to hear what you think about Little Caesar. I,
1: I love, I love the song. If this was another um, All Hells Breaking Loose, the Eric had a primary writing credit, but Paul ended up singing, or Gene, I think Gene initially, they were flirting with the idea that Gene might sing the song, And then I think Adam was really pushing like, no, I really think Eric needs to sing the song. So in the alternate universe of Gene would have sang the song, I would have liked it as much as I do. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But the fact that it's Eric getting to do it, you know, literally at the tail end of his career, Mm -hmm. he finally gets one. Um, and I'm not trying to put the Fox goggles on that, you know, I only love this song because it's Eric and he's no right. longer with us. Right. I loved it way back when in 1989, And when I heard, it, I thought, wow, what a great track. And it took me a minute to go. Gene sounds different on this. I uh-huh. quickly realized, Oh my gosh, you know, it's Eric Carr. So uh-huh. yeah, I think I know where we're going to go with this one, but you know, we'll, we'll put a pin in it. Yeah. But what a, what a, what a beautiful song. And it's, I, I'm glad that we at least have this yeah. to, uh, to, to have yeah. at least one for Eric.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Gene and Eric's vo- vocals voices were so similar. Eric's voice matched one of Gene's singing voices. Uh, that's why he could pull off young and wasted and things yes. like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this could have been, this could have been, if this would have been a gene song and gene, Eric wrote this, co-wrote this with Gene, and then they gave it to Gene to sing it, it'd still be on my album because the song itself has good bones, good melody, that, yep. that funky riff, and uh, the gang, like I said, gang vocals, whether they, whether they said ain't that peculiar, hey, Little Caesar, the melody, it just all fits, so yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll put a pin in it for now, but you know where I'm leaning to. Okay, so the last track, and I'm going to let you talk about this first, the last track, Boomerang.
1: This one is probably the Eric Carr, Bruce Kulik show with Gene happened to sing on it. Uh, Bruce plays all the guitars. Um, some reports I've seen that Eric might play bass and drums on this, but I think Bruce does literally all the guitar work and Eric does the drums. So I think Bruce might actually play the bass. Cause I think in the book I was trying to pull out, but I got too much crap on top of it. I think, through a lot of this album gene was like bruce you've already done the bass work on my track that's fine just just go ahead and leave it um Mm -hmm. i love that the solo this reminds me of the crazy nights tour where it's just eric and bruce on stage and they're getting to do their little solo for no 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 or whatever i think this is kind of like the next progression of no 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 for for gene a lot of people really don't like this song but this is uh kiss's chance to be metal kiss and you get again if this was mixed better there's a lot of great intricate double bass work from eric on this which makes mm-hmm. me go this is a real kit for him because i don't know if you tried to do double bass on an electric kit and at a certain repetition it gets lost because it the signal can't get to it fast enough mm-hmm. i mean some kits can but. um, I like this one. I think these three songs trying to pick is going to be a little bit of a tug of war. I think for, for you and I, because I'm literally talking myself into three going, can't we just do 11? <laughs> so I, I like it. I know a lot of people will rip this song to shreds and I'm like, yeah, because Bruce and Eric are ripping this song. They mm-hmm. are shredding in this song. And they're like, oh, that's not a kiss song. hmm. I, yeah, I, I think it works. I'm curious what you have to say. Um, well,
0: my thought is my note is Kiss on Speed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wr-
0: <laughs> written by Gene and Bruce. Um I've got No No No's uh second cousin <laughs> because and it's funny you mentioned that. Um, some people hate this song. It's over the top, fast, and shows off Eric's drumming and Bruce's playing. It's the Bruce and Eric show. And I admit that at times the song sounds a little unorganized and not fully thought out, especially when it comes to Gene's lyrics. It's like Gene's just, Eric and Bruce are just, dub, 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 and Gene's just like, yeah. and
1: He even writes a stutter in this. Just when you thought yeah. it was just, 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 just,
0: just, safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just when you thought it was <laughs> And it's like I think he did that because it kept him from having to come up with other words. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I you know what? I'd love that KISS went back to that no 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 well and mm-hmm. took it even higher. They and I think they pulled it off. Um Eric's Eric's Eric and uh and Bruce is playing along on this. Like I said, this is mostly them with just mm-hmm. Gene singing up singing over them. Um I think it's amazing. I mean, those alone make it worth, worth the, uh, the price of admission for me. So, um, so yeah, so we got some, we got some thinkings to do.
1: I, I think I know where this is going to go. I'll just say it. You tell me if I'm wrong. I think the way this is going to go, if we flip the record over from what we've had with rise to it, betrayed, hide your heart, read my body forever. We flip it over get to side two It'll go King of Hearts, A Street Giveth, Love Me to Hate You, Little Caesar, Boomerang. That's how I think this is going to go. I really want somewhere between heaven and hell, but you're leaning like you could be talked into it, but just hearing you and I talk about Boomerang, I think we just talked ourselves into the last two tracks for the album. That's that's my take.
0: I would I would partially agree with you. Uh, this is how this uh, I agree with songs, but I okay. I I differ slightly on tracking. I want you to okay. check this out. So rise to it, betrayed. Hide your heart. Read my body forever. You're right there. So rise okay. to it. Basically in order. Rise to it, betrayed. Hide your heart. Read my body forever. Forever inside side one. Flip it over. You start with King of Hearts. Move little Caesar. Up, mm. King of Hearts, Little Caesar, The Street Giveth, You Love Me to Hate You, Boomerang. I like it. That's what I would do. Well, I think that that would be a, it. Would have been a great album because I think I think out of honestly the stuff that we cut, you're you, the one that we were both really like, oh, man. Do we not have room for another song? I think if we were going to put another song on the album, if we want to add an 11th track, to me, it would be Silver Spoon.
1: Silver Spoon, yeah. It
0: would be Silver Spoon before Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell. It'd be Silver Spoon. That's where
1: we'd we'd release a rise to it as the single, and then we would throw Silver Spoon on as the (laughs) B-side.
0: Or you know know what we could do? What we could do is we could do, you remember this that they did? There was the hidden track. Do you remember the hidden tracks?
1: Or you get the Japanese, like, why does the Japanese edition get one more song that we don't in the U S now I got to pay 40 bucks for the CD.
0: Right. Exactly. It's funny. So, so, um, that is it for, um, that's it. So what me and Rob basically decided is that if we were to have produced hot in the shade, it would have a better EQ more fat of a bottom. we would have tried to get Eric to play drums on every single song. Uh, we would have thickened up the sound as far as even the guitars, expanded the highs to, to keep keep everything out of that big middle that's the cassette sounding. So we uh, we would do those things and we would cut it down to 10 tracks rise to it, betrayed, hide your heart, read my body forever. King of Kings, little Caesar, King of hearts, not King of Kings, King, little Caesar, <laughs> the street giveth and the street taketh away. you love me to hate you and boomerang. And, and maybe we would, um, maybe we'd give the Japanese pressing silver spoon.
1: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, take any of the two.
0: Right. Right. Um, so the next, um, in the next episode, episode three, of Let's Fix the Kiss albums, working my way up the ladder of songs that are down towards the bottom of me not liking them. Uh, the next one up is Animalize. So Rob is going to return as a as a co-producer, but Rob is going to pro- come is going to return in the capacity of more of a, a executive producer.
1: Because- I'm gonna be John Colladner. You remember that? <laughs> yes. John Colladner was this producer on a lot of albums, and he was listed as John Colladner, John Colladner. That he was just in the room going, "Yeah, do that. That sounds good." <laughs> had had nothing to had nothing to really say. Right. So, I mean, peek behind the curtain. We have not gotten to Animal Eyes yet. So, uh-huh. Brent and I were talking off mic of like how I wanted to play with it. So, it might be kind of cool to talk about the album sonically but leave the discussion to you and maybe Mm -hmm. somebody else.
0: Yeah. We're going to have a special guest. Uh, It's somebody that's been on the channel before in this series. I'm going to be bringing people back that have been on the channel before. And uh, I will give you a little sneak peek in the weeks, in the week to come Uh, on, uh, on the weeks to come. This is a monthly uh, series and uh, you'll get a little sneak peek between now and then on my social media uh, as to who's going to be joining me and Rob. And I think the way it'll play out without Rob giving away too much of what he thinks about a song so he can reserve that for his podcast is Rob is probably going to either chime in and jump on the bandwagon of, yeah, man, I think this song's great too. Or um, we may um, we may have, uh, me and the guest may be split and Rob may have Eyebreaker. to make, Rob may be the tiebreaker. Ooh, so we like will let, it. We, we will let Rob be the tie we will let Rob be the uh I know <laughs> Rob who you're gonna be in in these episodes. You're gonna be the AR guy. You're gonna be the AR guy. You're gonna be the AR guy that comes in and says, Nope, nope. And the producer will be like, Hey, I wanna put this on the album. Nope, that ain't gonna ever make us any money.
1: I'm so telling you from our demographics, you're going to yeah. want this song on the album.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. You will be the A&R guy. You will be the business guy. And me and the guests, as as we have guests along. It'll be Rob along with me for the ride. Uh, and, uh, and But we're going to bring in some some faces that you haven't seen in a while. And some uh, young faces, some old faces. And uh, we'll bring in some people that haven't seen anybody wants to go up against with me and uh, co-produce an album with me. And let's let's talk about what we, because it ain't always going to be cutting tracks. Some tracks are just going to be 10 tracks and we're just going to ha- have to go with that. And we just may re-track them, put them in different track listing. Uh, we could even say, ooh, what if uh, they would have let, what if Gene would let Paul sing this song? What if Paul would let Gene sing this song? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not it's not outside the scope. You know, we're producing as if these songs had not been recorded yet. so we could actually switch singers. Man, this's been this would have been that better if uh if uh you know if we like getting to the early albums. Man, wouldn't it have been cool if cold gin, if Ace would have actually sung this song instead of Gene? Mm. So oh, yeah. you know, um so yeah, so we'll we'll get to those as we get to them. So uh Rob, I appreciate you. Thanks for uh, co-producing with me. I wasn't too painful.
1: No, no, not at all. One of my favorite albums. I had to cut so many songs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you cut songs, you're just going to skip anyway. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) So, so, so we'll see you in the next one, Rob, one more time. Give us your uh, social media and everything. So for the people who are watching at the very end, those are my people. I like the best that watch to the end
1: sweet so do i uh we're on twitter at rbte podcast we're on facebook facebook.com slash right between the eyes podcast and we're on instagram and then we have a youtube channel as well just look up right between the eyes and you can see all of our preview tracks and we've got a, an interview uh last year we did with billy baker who uh designed eric singer's uh kit for the his actually three kits and i think his fourth kit for the end of the road so you check out that video He drops if you're a drum geek he drops a lot of great drumming knowledge and just a fun fun guy
0: yeah. yeah it's really good that's really good i've seen that and it's really good i actually listened to it first and then went back and watched it so yeah really good really good episode yeah definitely check these guys out and uh check them out on on their their podcast they're mostly audio podcasts but also jump yeah. over to their youtube and give their youtube a a like too. give it a subscribe and and, and watch their videos and and I didn't uh, it,
1: say it anywhere that you can listen to audio podcast, uh, Google play, you know, I, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, we're, we're on everything across the board.
0: Yeah. I listen to them on Spotify. That's just, Spotify. That's, yep. that's easiest for me. And you guys know where to find me. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at in my head channel. You can find me right here on YouTube. Uh, still no Facebook to this, to this point. Um, uh, but yeah, so you can find me there and just feel free to, uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe down there. Tell us, uh, tell us what your list would be. You got ten songs to choose from, and it has to be ten. Right, <laughs> ten songs to choose from. Don't say two songs and you're done. We are not doing EPs here. <laughs> right. we're not doing maxi singles here.
1: <laughs> maxi singles, wow. We're singles.
0: We're doing ten tracks. So I'm curious. Put it down in there. If you were producing this album, what ten tracks would you choose? Down in the comments. And we will see you next month for episode three of Animalize. See you next time, guys and gals.